and go. We don't really have to count it down anymore. I know. We only ever counted I just, it down because I more just wanted to let you know that I was getting ready to do it, so you oh. could put your phone down. Oh, thank you. You're, so You're nice welcome. To me. Yeah, I am. Does this episode sound really good to you so far? <laughs> it's because we're finally recording it together instead of a state apart. And also because our amazing Daily Gravy bosses helped us set up our microphones this time. Yes. So uh, hopefully our quality improves. Hopefully. Sound at least. Sound quality <laughs> will improve. Can't say much for our actual quality of podcasts. Should we jump right in? Let's. Um, can you handle it? I have a dog hair in my mouth. Yeah. Um, welcome to Cool Story Needs More Girls. I'm Liz. I'm Maggie. And she has a dog hair in her mouth. I think I got it. We're you good. You got it? Yeah. Um, so we're kind of on the fly this week. We're, we really wanted to get a podcast out for our very faithful listeners. We love each and every one of you. But um, this past week has been traumatic, I guess would be a word we could use. Um, I've driven back and forth between my old home and my new home four times, which is a long way from our small Wisconsin town from my small Illinois town. Um, so yes, Maggie has moved closer to Daily Gravy. She's relocated for her lucrative podcasting business. Mm-hmm. Um, Don't make me regret it. <laughs> I'm going to try. Um, as, in addition to moving, I worked a, a full work week and uh, I had tech week for a show uh, that Maggie was very, very gracious to step in and help us with, even despite her move. I'm a very gracious person. You're so fucking gracious. Um, so we just wrapped up a sketch comedy show. If you want to learn more about that sketch comedy show, I'm going to put in a plug at the top yeah, of the episode here. Might as the well. Daily Gravy released a brand new podcast uh, this past week called The Live Podcast. Um, and it's all about actually the sketch show. It's a sketch comedy show that we just wrapped up. So um, last night, as we realized, we better record an episode. What should we do it about? Um we decided to talk about something near and dear, at least to my heart, and I know you enjoy it as well, um, sketch comedy. Mm-hmm. So. I don't have as much information about it as you do, so I'm going to kind of be taking a back seat and be asking questions. Um, but I do want to throw in a quick plug of um, our show. Our podcast is about, you know, finding um, places in the media where it can be improved by the female perspective, by more diversity, by, Absolutely. you know, including more people in the process. I just, in case anyone's new, I want to make sure that we yeah. say what it's about. And we'll also drop our, our intro in at some point too. Probably right here. Probably here. This would be a good spot to do it. Let's see if I do it. Let's, I hope you do. Have you ever been watching a movie or TV show or reading a great book and been struck by the dudeness of it all? You took a step back and said, Cool story. Needs more girls. Yeah, so did we. I'm Liz. And I'm Maggie. And we'll be talking about how some of our favorite stories could be greatly improved by the female perspective. We're also going to celebrate the ones who got it right. So settle in, listen up, and enjoy Cool Story Needs More Girls. Yeah, so sketch comedy, for those of you who are unfamiliar with the concept, um, think Saturday Night Live. Saturday Night Live is kind of the, I don't want to say they did it first, because they didn't, um, but it's, at least in the United States, it's kind of the metric, (laughs) funny, um, it's the metric against which a lot of other sketch comedy is judged. But you have so many other sketch comedy shows out there. You have Monty Python is probably one of the very first ones. Mm-hmm. Um, Big Gay Sketch Show, Mad TV, um, a lot of late night uh, comedy talk shows use sketches. Um, essentially what a sketch is, um, a lot of people want to call them skits, but there is a difference. Um, a sketch is like a funny scene essentially you know um and a skit is something children do for performances for their parents i and this isn't the technical definition of it by any means but i define personally a sketch as a funny situation it's it's like scripted improv i guess um 
you found a, a funny situation and you you're gonna have two, three, four, five people, um, characters handling this situation. Um, that's about as as rigid as you can be with a definition. A skit I define as we need to teach or motivate some people and we got to have all these people in it so one of them might have to be a tree. <laughs> you know, I got yeah. six people in my small group. We all have to be in this skit. So three of you are going to be trees. Yeah. Um, and we're going to talk about corporate synergy. <laughs> Gross. Now in Sketch Comedy, if you're talking about corporate synergy, you're probably making fun of it. Um, so let's talk about women's roles yes. in sketch comedy. Let's talk about women in sketch comedy. And I'm going to I'm gonna rope improv in here, too. Mm-hmm. Improv and sketch are very different. Improv, um, I think whose line is it anyway, um, you've got performers on a, essentially a bare stage, and they're making it up as they go along. It is a premise I admire very much because it is how I live my whole life. <laughs> Isn't life just improv? It is. Just it really, really is. boring improv. Improv as a as a hobby is very meta. Um, but I'm going to rope improv in because a lot of the sketch stars that I love so much, Tina Fey, Amy Poehler, um, Stephen Colbert, they all come from improv backgrounds. Mm-hmm. That's where they cut their teeth at places like Second City, Upright Citizens Brigade, Groundlings, IO, um, Improv Olympic, sorry. Um, Thank that's you. Where they, that's where they got their start. Um, and it's it's not an incomprehensible jump to go from improv, improv to sketch. The group that I'm in currently was birthed out of an improv troupe. There were some improvers who um, wanted to to expand. They wanted to, to reach out and... Um, hone their craft a little bit more. So they made the jump from improv to sketch. Um, and what you need when you're doing sketch comedy is you need to, I guess I'm going to back up. I'm going to go. Sorry. I got, it's been a long week. Hey guys, Um, we're riding the struggle bus today. Riding it. We're driving it. (laughs) We're asleep at the wheel. Um, to go back to women's roles, um, and why I'm going to try tie improv into it. Um, I'm going to borrow heavily or reference a lot the book Bossy Pants by Tina Fey. Um, it's one of my favorite books. It's her memoir. It came out in 2011. Um, it's a very, very good book. Um, one thing that Tina Fey talks about is when she was in, um, an, in a traveling improv troupe with Second City, they would send out these improv troops. Um, with six members, they'd go and they'd tour and they'd do shows in podunk places like this one, essentially. Um, and I, correct me if I'm wrong, because I know you've read the book more than I have, but it was it was sketch too, right? Like they would have improv, yeah, but then were, they would also have a couple sketches. There were sketch elements to it. Um, Saturday Night Live was actually born out of Second City. Del Close, who started Second City, had a big hand in... Um, starting Saturday Night Live. So, and, yes. Yeah. They do, they do, um, at Second City, when you take classes, because that's really what it is. It's a, it's an education, a comedy mm-hmm. education program. You can take either an actor track or a writer track. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're learning comedy writing there. Um, and I'll talk a little bit more about comedy writing, but um, these improv troops had six members and they were, almost always four guys and two girls for whatever reason um knowing what i know about comedy doing stand-up and sketch comedy both i i know there's always going to be fewer women than men i can't explain why well i think you were talking about it a little bit last night you were talking about how um women in comedy receive less time before they're judged? Oh, that's that's Catherine Tate. Um, Catherine Tate had some some words to say on that. Um, they've done studies, as far as I know, when it comes to stand-up comedy. And this is a little different from sketch and improv, but um, stand-up is... If sketch and improv are team sports, stand-up is a solo sport. You're out there alone 
um, with some exceptions. I know there are some really good comedy duos out there, like mm-hmm. Garfunkel and Oates. Um, the Sklar brothers are always together. Um, but for the most part, in my experience, definitely you're alone. You are the boss. You're driving the, the struggle bus, as it will be. Um, and you, the audience has to put a lot of faith in you. Mm-hmm. So this is just how comedy currently is. I hope that it's not going to be that way forever. And I know I've seen it change a little bit, even in my time in comedy. When a guy gets on stage, they've done studies. When a man's on stage, the the audience will give him, I think it's somewhere close to two minutes to prove that he's funny, to make them laugh, essentially. Mm -hmm. A woman gets 30 seconds. That's that's somehow worse than the fact that I only make 78 cents to every dollar a man makes. Like, yeah, here, here's your, uh, here's your tiny paycheck. Also, you have one quarter of the time to make me laugh. So when you're a woman in stand-up, you have to get up there and you have to literally punch them in the face. You, you have to, like, you have to be on your fucking game. Mm-hmm. One of the best sets I ever had was when I tripped going on stage. Oh, yeah, I remember that one. Because at least I had that to talk about. Everybody had seen me fall down. So this was in a time where the Hunger Games was still pretty big. I I did my little Katniss Everdeen curtsy. um, And I made a joke about Jennifer Lawrence falling down at the Oscars. It was very timely. It was so fucking timely. It was so good. I got a lot of laughs. Um, So it's... It's not uncommon to see some female comedians get a little shocking in their in their sets, especially at the beginning, because yeah. you got to rope them in, and even uncomfortable laughter is still laughter. Yeah, and who doesn't love a good poop joke? Yeah. I have a good poop joke, but I never open with it. It's not an opener. No. Can I tell my joke on the podcast? Sure. I mean, it's our podcast. We can okay. do whatever we want. Just oh don't God. tell Jake and Taylor. Oh, yeah. Um, so I was doing an open mic here in town and it was at a kind of coffee shop bar um, thing, essentially the most hipster place you can go. Um, and one of the baristas was like, Hey, I love it when you come and do comedy, but will you tell a poop joke on stage tonight? I've never done a poop joke before because poop is business and comedy is pleasure. Um, so I I had one that I'd kind of been kicking around for a while, and I finally used it. Um, so I'm going to pause for laughs so that you can laugh while you're listening to our podcast. Are you ready? I'm so ready. Have you ever noticed that it's only okay to carry around a dog of poop? Or <laughs> it's only okay <laughs> to carry around a bag of poop if you have a dog, and the dog is with you, and it's the dog's poop. That that joke actually Jesus Christ. If you'll allow me to get technical for a minute, that joke fits kind of a comedy writing structure where you gotta do three. Yeah. There's just something about doing three. Yeah, three's a good number. That, and it's that way in in fiction writing and yep. nonfiction writing. You hit them with those three beats because the first one you're always gonna have one. Mm-hmm. Um the second one tells them you're gonna have a third one okay you know if i just did one okay it's it's still kind of funny yeah it's only okay to carry around a bag of poop if you have a dog yeah mm-hmm. um then you hit them with the second one they're like oh yeah it would be a little weird to just carry around a bag of poop if you didn't have your dog with you mm-hmm. um and then the third one is the third one is the absurd one the third yeah. one's that like why would i carry around a bag of my own poop like <laughs> I don't know, Liz. Why would you carry around a bag of your own poop? I don't know. Why would I? Um, maybe I had a doctor's appointment later in the day and they requested it. Anyway. Um, I'm just going to go get my hair cut. Don't mind my bag of poop. I have a lot of errands to run today and I don't want to have to go home. Um, if you listen to the live podcast, the, um, the sketch comedy podcast, you'll hear an interview with our head writer, Nick Peterson. He is a ridiculous person who I admire very much because he throws everything at the wall and a large percentage of it sticks. Not all of it. Mm -hmm. Nobody's perfect, but a large percentage of it sticks. And he, at a 
at a festival. Our group did a an improv festival. No, not the improv festival. It did a we have a big arts festival up here in the springtime. And we performed there and part of our performance was Nick gave a little master class at the end on mm-hmm. where does funny come from? What what makes us laugh? Because there's I hesitate to use the word science, but there is I can talk on this if if you want. I mean, do your thing and then I'll do my thing. Essentially what he set up was a Venn diagram. Mm-hmm. And in circle A is something safe. So just give me, like, something safe. A park. A park. So we're in a park. Safe, normal, you do that all the time. Circle B is something absurd. So I'll give you something absurd. um, A toilet seat. A toilet seat flying off of a semi-truck. Okay. When you... The funny is in the middle of the Venn diagram. The funny is getting hit in the head by a toilet seat that fell off a semi-truck in the park. Okay, we literally had the same thought, but yeah, okay. (laughs) Yeah. And sometimes funny is predictable. Mm -hmm. You've watched plenty of TV shows and movies where you know what joke is coming. Mm -hmm. But you still laugh. Yeah. You still laugh. Um, And yeah, can you give us a little insight into... Because you know how Um, brains work. So... I actually, um, when I was in grad school, we had to go to this conference and, um, one of the talks that they were giving, and I don't, if you've ever been to a psychology conference, it's basically like, Hey, here's a list of rooms that have different talks going on. These are all the talks you get to pick which ones you want to go to. Um, and one of them was on the psychology of jokes, um, because humor can be very useful as a therapy tool, as a coping mechanism, as long as, as it's being used um, correctly and understood. Um, but yeah, so we were talking about how a little, a little bit different from what you were saying, but just how comedy is the things that make us laugh are the things that we don't expect. Like they showed like a clip of Mr. Bean yeah. and there was something about like, he was like sitting on a park bench eating a sandwich or something. And like the way he ate the sandwich wasn't how you would normally do it. And so they were talking about how, you know, we have these very normal routines that we go through that we don't really think about of like, okay, I'm unwrapping my sandwich. Okay. Now I'm taking a bite of my sandwich. Okay. I'm wrapping my sandwich back up. I'm taking another bite of the sandwich. Like that doesn't make sense. And so having that, having those expectations kind of flipped, um, those normal routines changed can kind of cause this um, reaction in us. And we don't have a lot of information about comedy because comedy is very different. You know, it's different for different people. It's going to be wonderful for some people. Other people are like, well, I don't like to laugh and, you know, whatever. Um, But comedy and laughter and all of these things, there's, it's still kind of a very developing field Mm -hmm. just because it's not, um, it's not like a solid state. Absolutely. It's constantly changing. Yep. You know, things that we find funny now th- wouldn't have been funny years and years ago. Oh, yeah. If you if you look back at some, some of the early, early stand-up comedians, first of all, a lot of it was really racist. Oh, so racist. <laughs> you know, we used to find racism and sexism both very funny. And there are still some people who do. Mm-hmm. You know, there are still some people who who love their racist jokes. Yeah. And they're going to hold on to them forever. Um, but those people are old, so might not be much longer. Um, <laughs> God, that was not nice. That Sorry. was not nice. Um, I know plenty of young people who like racist jokes. Um, but there are definitely things that that are funny for different reasons. Like, the more I think about it, the more I think a lot of comedy is just making people uncomfortable to varying degrees Mm -hmm. you know i think comedy is a really interesting way to push boundaries Mm -hmm. um in a way where you know you can sit in a dark room and watch a stand-up comedian or a sketch show and you can be uncomfortable but you have to sit with that feeling yep um like in bo burnham's most recent special um you know he has this song called kill yourself And immediately after the song, he's like, listen, I don't actually want you to kill yourself. I'm just trying to make a point here. And, you know, it's this very interesting idea of you have to sit with that feeling of uncomfortability. And 
someone I something that I tell people all the time is when you are uncomfortable, it's because you're growing. It's because you're changing. You're having to deal with things that you don't normally deal with. So making people uncomfortable, pushing those boundaries, I'm not saying like in a racist way, but pushing the boundaries as in like, oh, you're going to have to sit here and listen to, you know, us talk about, you know, LGBT rights or, you know, what, what have you, like whatever yeah. comes up in a, in a, in a, in the sketch or in the stand-up act and people have to deal with that. Mm-hmm. Like you can get up and leave short, but then people are going to know. Yep. People are going to see you and odds are good. One of two things will happen. Speaking as someone who's been on stage mm-hmm. and who's seen a lot of people on stage, if you walk out of specifically a stand-up show, mm-hmm. one of two things will happen. Either the stand-up comedian is going to call you the fuck out. Oh, yeah. I've seen it happen a handful of times. Or the stand-up comedian is going to wait until you've left the room. They're going to stand on that stage silently as you leave. Yeah. And then they're going to roast the shit out of you after you leave. <laughs> You're going to be in your car driving home like, why am I so warm? That's because you're being roasted on a spit in a dark comedy club, And my people dude. are laughing at They're you. They're laughing at you so hard. Because I know I would do that. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, man, some people just can't handle their comedy. Am I right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think, um, I think that feeling of uncomfortability is a very important part mm-hmm. of comedy. Oh, yeah. It's, we laugh when we're uncomfortable. You know, think about any social interaction you've had where you're you don't know what to say. Yeah. You know, someone says something completely banana pants and you're just like, (laughs) you have a thing that you say when somebody says something banana pants. So jellyfish are weird. (laughs) Oh, do you mean the other thing? No, I was talking about jellyfish. jellyfish. Oh, thank God. Got it in one. (laughs) Did you know they're 94 to 98% water? water. Did you know they poop out their mouths? Oh, I didn't know that one. They do. Their mouth and their rectum are the same thing. Gross. Um, When we were in college, that would be like her out. In, a, in an awkward conversation. That would be my, my out. Yep. So um, jellyfish are weird, and then I just leave. So let's go back to sketch. Yeah. Um, we were talking about women and how they only had, like, two women in groups in of six. In Second City Improv Troupe, they would have two women and four men. Um, and when Tina Fey was there, they were going to add another woman. So it would be equal, three mm-hmm. and three. And someone got really upset and said, there won't be enough parts for the girls. To which the reply was, we're making it up. We're, we're writing it and we're making it up. Why wouldn't there be enough parts for the girls? Mm-hmm. So that leads me to when... So our process, we sit down couple months before the show. So Your we, sketch show. Yep, for the sketch show. Now, this is... Imagine if Saturday Night Live happened three times a year. <laughs> what they do in New York is a hyper-condensed version of what we do. What we do is a watered-down version of what mm-hmm. they do. Still very funny. Still so fun to be a part of. But as a couple dozen people with lives and jobs and families and commitments we just it's not our full-time job so we can't do it mm-hmm. as a full-time job yeah if i know many of us if we could would but we sit down a couple months before the show so the show was this past weekend we've been working on it since late august mm-hmm. we had auditions in late august for cast members and um, we've been working on it since then so what happens is in late august early september we sit down and we start looking at sketches yeah in our show we'll do 12 or 13 sketches, mm-hmm. um, including a news segment and a song. Yes. And we'll sit down with 20 or so sketches at the beginning and read them over and over. Different people trying different things, making choices. What does this character sound like? How do I make this funny? There have been some sketches, one that I was in last season, that they would not have been on the stage if someone hadn't made a character choice. Yeah. Um, I was in a, a sketch. We could probably even drop a link to it um, in the description of this. I was in a sketch called um, The Thoughts and Prayers Warehouse. Yeah. And it was this character essentially talking about when a tragedy happens on Facebook, everyone is so eager to just say, oh, thoughts and prayers. I'm sending thoughts and prayers your ways. That, that doesn't do anything. Like, thoughts and prayers won't rebuild my burnt down house or... or 
you know, save my grandma who's very ill. Like your thoughts and prayers are essentially moot. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was written as Frank Ball Scratches Thoughts and Prayers Warehouse. And, you know, it was a a slick talking used car salesman, essentially. I think Danny DeVito and Matilda. Um, And I went in and I said, I just, can I just give it a read? Because it had been all dudes reading it. Um, Because that's, we've talked about before. Mm -hmm. The default character in life, when you load up the main page for life, the default character is a dude. Yep. Every time. Um, and it's it's true. A lot of our writers are men. They're not doing it to be malicious, but, you know, they write, well, this is a guy. And if they write it as a woman, it's definitely a woman. You know, it's... Yeah. Um, if it's a guy, it could be anyone. <laughs> but if it's a woman, it definitely needs to be a woman. Tina Fey talks about in her book, um, her dear friend Amy Poehler getting very sick of always playing the girlfriends and yeah. wives, you know, yeah. the secretary, the nurse, you know, mm-hmm. that's, that's what the woman is. It's, yeah. it's not always it's the sexy lamp. Yeah. It's not always intentional or malicious. You know, I don't, I don't get mad at my, my friends who write for this. Mm-hmm. I don't get mad at them that they're doing this. I just want them to like, Think about it next time. Well, like, sure, they can recognize it. Yeah. You know, it doesn't have to be a because in know, their mind, big deal. yes, man is default. I am man. Man is default. Yeah, I mean, but even for myself, and I've I've noticed this since we had that episode. Um, man is default man in is my default. head. Yep, and it's it's something that I've been working on. It's something that like I think not enough people recognize it because it seems very, um, you know, whatever something that's not going to be very harmful but at the same time why is man default why are we yeah why are we doing this that sketch that particular sketch in question i came in and read it if you're familiar with the comedian natasha Legero, who's a comedian i love she's a very distinctive voice it Mm -hmm. sounds kind of like this like she's a very fancy lady from the 1920s that almost sounds like a john mulaney too as well it it had a real it had a real mulaney vibe it had a it had a mulaney flavor to it yeah um yeah i definitely but yeah she speaks like a fancy lady her voice has an affect to it and I just did that voice essentially. Mm -hmm. And suddenly that's who the character was. Mm -hmm. Um, That happened in another scenario. I was playing um, a local psychic. That's a weird thing to say. Yeah. Um, And so many people had tried to read it and they kept, they kept trying to do these mystical fancy voices. And there was no, it's really hard to find the funny in it until Nick introduced a new character, and that was this psychic's husband. <laughs> and now, you know, this woman isn't... I don't know personally. I don't know from experience, but it's the same as when we do the Pope. We're not making fun of the Pope. We're making fun of, like, the character of the Pope. It's the idea. The idea of the Pope. So we're not making fun of this woman. We're making fun of the idea of her. God, I don't like that. This, anyway. <laughs> we're making fun of the idea of the psych- of a of, psychic? Yeah, of a psychic. Um, because it's the twist at the end is she does yeah. end up being right. Um, but what made it funny was her, her goofy husband who like is just supportive of the fact that his wife's a psychic and he's like, Oh, I made cookies for your little seance. And I got to yell at him. I got to just go off on him mm-hmm. and just scream at him. And that's where the funny came in. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it took adding another character to make it funny. Sure. Now, yes, I was playing a psychic and that could have been funny too, but well, but I think having another person to play that character off of, mm-hmm. especially something as, you know, close as, as a spouse. Yeah. It's, um, it's very different. It gives the people something else to see. So let's talk about some of some women comedian okay. comedians. Yeah. Um, Cause we've talked about Tina Fey. We touched on Amy Poehler. Mm-hmm. Um, Kate McKinnon, please come on our show. Um, uh, that goes without saying. <laughs> um, Why is she not here yet? This is what? Episode 13. I think so. Yeah. Wow, this is episode 13. Hey, wow. look at us. Um, 
Yeah, but I th- then there were some other stand-ups, stand-up mm-hmm. comedians. And also, I just thought of a sketch show that we didn't mention. Which one? Inside Amy Schumer. Oh, yes. Because I know we did want to talk about Amy Schumer. Yes. Let's dedicate some time to Amy Schumer. You, you take it. Okay. While I respect what Amy Schumer is doing... Um, as as a female comedian, she is bringing female comedians a little bit more mainstream. Yes, absolutely. I guess I just don't always agree with how she's doing it. Uh, she's very in your face. She's kind of one of those shock comedians where, you know, she she's like a mixture of shock and self-deprecation that I just can't get behind. Yeah, um, I, there are parts of her acts that I like. Mm -hmm. There are parts where I'm like, yes, absolutely. Like, she does, you know, very female comedy. It's, it's not about, you know, like, oh, I'm in love with this guy or like, not, it's not male centric. It's female. Like, oh, hey, this is me. Sex positive lifestyle doing what I want to do because that's who I am. Oh, yeah. Which is wonderful. What do you think about the way that she maybe talks about other women? It's not always the best. Um, Like you, I, I liked about half of her most recent special. And I was talking to a fellow comedian about it. And, you know, he asked because he knows that I'm very interested in mm-hmm. fellow female comedians. He said, you know, what do you think? And he said, oh, I liked about half of it. And he said, I, I'm guessing that's the half that the writers wrote. Mm. Because that's the thing to remember when you are seeing these big name comedians um, like Louis C.K., mm-hmm. like Dane Cook, who are selling out arenas. Madison Square Garden. Like 30,000 seat arenas. Mm-hmm. They did not write that hour themselves. Yeah, they wrote a lot of it. They consulted on a lot of it. They curated all of it. Yeah, but they had a team of writers, whether they're ghost writers or not. Mm-hmm. I have been doing stand up consistently for about two years now. Um, in addition to some spots here and there in college, it's hard to come up with jokes. Sure. I, I see people, I see, I'm going to say, I see guys at stand-up, at stand-up open mics, because it's guys. In the two years I've been doing it with kind of the same group of people, I have seen guys come in and do the same set over and over and over. I want you to know, you, the listener, whenever you're listening to this, day, night, somewhere in between, someone, some road dog hackney comedian right now, no matter what time of day it is, is in a casino right now telling a Monica Lewinsky joke. (laughs) I know what you're thinking. Liz, that happened pert near 30 years ago. It did. But that guy's still telling that joke. Because he got laughs on it once. People are still... (laughs) But he's going to get to the point where nobody remembers who Monica Lewinsky is. Mm So... So it's hard to write jokes. Oh, it's yeah. It's hard to come up with new material. So when you see someone who's putting up a new hour of stand-up every year... Yeah. That's a lot of jokes. Mm-hmm. They're having help. That's fine. Like, oh, yeah. You know, that's fine to have writers. But just make sure it's consistent. You know? Mm-hmm. Make sure you have writers who really understand your voice. I've, I've gotten very fortunate a couple different times within our sketch show... I've had, on more than one occasion, and it's usually the same writer writing it, um, roles written specifically for me. Yeah. There have been two different writers who put down a script and said, this, this one is for you. Um, and they, they were two writers who, despite both being men, really nailed my voice. Yeah. So. Um, so they're hired. Yes. You're a oh, absolutely. Comedian. They're hired. Yes. <laughs> um, I... Along with Amy Schumer, um, we also mentioned Sarah Silverman. Yep. And I've seen, I haven't watched her new show. I've but heard I've seen, I've seen some interesting things, um, some criticisms about it, you know, just kind of 
excusing, you know, the homophobia that we might find in, in the country or, you know, the transphobia or, you know, the racism that we see in, in different parts of the country. Um, but I haven't seen it, so I don't. Um, yeah, I guess there, I, I want to be a little more open-minded because it's really easy for people to say, well, women aren't funny. And to point to one specific woman and yeah. say, I don't like what she does, so women aren't funny. Yeah. I can name off a dozen male comics that I don't enjoy. Yeah. But but that doesn't mean that men aren't funny. Right, right. And that's, and that's you know, a very common thing that we see in society. You know, yeah, you, see and, one, oh, you see one bad woman driver and all of a sudden women yeah, can't it's, drive. It's not just comedy. It's, it's everything. Yeah. Like you were talking about. You know, men can be anything. Mm-hmm. Women are like hive mind. Yeah. You know, like all uh, women are the same. All women are bitches. All women are not funny. All women are bad drivers. Yeah, and you see it. And you see it with racism as well. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know this one African American yep. shot somebody. All African Americans are criminals, yep. but you have. 13 men who go out and kill over 50 people oh they were just a couple of bad eggs yeah oh he was this this wasn't like him that's that's not what he's like he went out and bought 50 guns last year but he's just not like that he's just a loner (laughs) he's not like regular girls he's a cool girl (laughs) gross um but yeah and i think i think that it's really easy for people to say like oh women aren't funny and i like you know, they, they talk about it in that one episode of 30 Rock where they're like, yeah. well, I'm going to give you a list. Wait, no, I don't have to give you a list. Like, that's that's not what this is. Yeah. You're just wrong. Yeah. Yeah, because not even so much there are comedians that I don't like. There are comedians that I like and I, I have friends that don't like. Mm-hmm. You know, I like Elisa Schlesinger a lot. Mm-hmm. Another good friend of mine who's a comedian doesn't care for her. Yeah. That's fine. Because when the two of us take the mic at our open mics, there are people who find me funnier. There mm-hmm. are people that find my friend funnier. Yeah. That's fine. Comedy, like any other form of art, even though I was told last night that comedians aren't artists, um, comedy is like any other form of art where I might like Monet, but you're more of an Andy Warhol fan. Mm-hmm. It's like movies. I'm more of a Rembrandt fan, but thank you. Do you want to fight? Um, no. It's it's the same way that some people might like superhero movies and other people like cartoons. Like, mm-hmm. you, it boils down to, and I think this is kind of the thesis for a lot of things, just fucking let people like stuff as long as it's not hurting anyone. Yeah. Because there's lots of comedy out there that's hurting people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, the chair pillow fell. It's okay. Um, it didn't make a loud sound. It didn't. It made pillow sounds. Um, um, something that... I kind of want to loop back to um, is this idea of men writing comedy for women. Yep. And like you said, you have a couple people who have written good comedy for you who have gotten your voice. What about when we see those sexy lamps? Sexy lamps are, I hate to say it, they're easy to write. Oh, yeah, sure. Absolutely. It's It's easy to write a flat character. It's so easy to write a woman who's just there to be impressed by what the man does. Um, what's really interesting, and it might not super duper answer your question, but I actually wrote a sketch that was performed. You saw the episode, um, two Mays ago, not this past May, but the May before the May of my first season. Okay. Um, I wrote a sketch. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, it was essentially, um, ESPN, but for weddings. Yeah. It was like, what if, what if we covered weddings? Like we covered, you know, college game day. Um, I came to find out later there's a sketch on um, Inside Amy Schumer that was very, very similar. Oh. Um, but different. It was more yeah, like, sure. it was more like Sports Center covering just relationships. Mine was, mm-hmm. they were parallel, I guess. Um, anyway, we performed the sketch. It went over really well. People really liked it. And I was talking to um, someone after the show and she said, God, I loved that wedding sketch. I could tell a woman wrote it. Mm-hmm. It was just. Just the way I had written it and how specific it was, you could tell this is someone who has seen all of this and is, like, rolling their eyes so hard that they're like, I can't. They're going to fall out of my head. I got to do something about it. Yeah. So, 
like so many other things, representation matters. You yes. know, when when a sketch comes across the table and it's written for like a group of women, like you never know what you're gonna get. It might yeah. be it might be something like that where it's hey, we're we're making fun of what dudes do, but we're making fun of what we do too. Yeah. Or it might be, here's just like a whole showroom of sexy lamps. Yeah. Just, just, a, just for, a whole room of sexy lamps. Just a dude to show up. And um, isn't it funny that they're all sexy lamps? Yeah. Actually, that might be an interesting sketch to write. Write that down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> write it down on the, the paper with Nasty Batman. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, and I think that it's so important. Um, I was watching this speech that Reese Witherspoon gave and I think it was it was some like I forget what it was an award acceptance speech I can't remember it wasn't it was kind of a lesser award yeah not a lesser award but not quite a mainstream award yeah it it wasn't like a a oh good job in this movie it was it was a a very specific award yeah um and she said something very interesting that has like I've actually been thinking about since I watched the watched the video but it was she was saying you know you can watch a movie and you can tell when a man wrote it because a woman will turn to a man and say, what do we do now? And that is, that's never happened in real life. <laughs> no, it's never think of, think of the man you love the most, whether it's uh, a significant other or a family member, you know, boyfriend, husband, father, brother, son, brother, son, cousin, uncle, teacher, whatever, uh, bus driver, um, <laughs> stranger. You just met on the street. Um, anyway, um, as a woman, I've never looked at a man and said, you clearly have all the answers. What do we do now? What do we do now? I would only do that if he was a professional in his field and yeah. we were working on it. I would only yeah. do it if he was a mechanic and we were working on a car. Together. And that's, that's not going to happen. He's a professional. He's going to fix the car. Yeah. That yeah. was kind of a sexist example for me to pick. It was. Like, sexism goes both ways, y'all. <laughs> Gender roles hurt everybody. Um, God, what what sort of... Uh, I would only like do a that personal if, chef or something. I would only do that if he was a nurse and we oh. had to help a patient. Which, which begs the question of why are you in a hospital room? <laughs> See, that's another scenario that would never happen. <laughs> I don't have time to go to the doctor. <laughs> but yeah, I think... It's, it's such, it was such an interesting point because, mm-hmm. you know, whenever there's an emergency, we teach kids, go to a woman with children, you know, yeah. go, go find a woman or, you know, you, you train, you train people like turn to the closest woman because she's going to be able to figure something out. She's going to lift a car off somebody. Don't worry about it. It's mom powers. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought, I, have mom powers. I thought that it was a very interesting point and I feel like it's a cogent point, especially yeah. for what we're talking about. Um, but overall, um, women are funny. They are. Um, and I think they deserve a little bit of more of a chance to prove it. Yeah. And I'm, I'm fortunate in the group that I'm in that we are given those opportunities. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's not so much, uh, oh, we need a woman in here. It's the women in this group are phenomenal. Yeah. You, you know, all of them. Yeah. There's some amazing women in your group. They're intelligent and talented in so many ways. Um, they've written for the show. They act in the show. They crew for the show. Mm -hmm. Um, they, I get to be on the weekend update style news desk. You know, we've had two women on the news desk. There've been two men on the news desk right now. It's man, a man and a woman. Um, it's, it's incredible what this group is capable of and it's it's made me grow so much as a comedian as a performer as a person to be a part of it um and i wish everybody could have an opportunity like this but i know not everybody wants to do comedy so i guess my wish for everybody is to find a thing that you love as much as i love comedy and do that um, and maybe someone will give you like a little bit of money for it. Sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes. Three times a year. Um, yeah. And, you know, I think, I think that that's a really important message of you just find something that you love and I hope that you get appreciated for it. Yeah. If you are, if you're truly good at something or you're at least willing to try to work to be good at something, you, 
you deserve to be taken seriously and you deserve to be given a chance. Yeah. And I think that goes very nicely right back into our whole message of, you know, women in comedy are given kind of a short stick. Yeah. Um, no one should, no one should have to, no one should have to prove their good at something, whatever it is, because of something they can't control. Yeah. You know, yes, every comedian should have to prove that they're funny, but yeah. I, there's nothing worse than getting off stage and hearing, man, you're pretty funny for a girl. Like, that's a, that's a murderable offense right there. Like, <laughs> gosh, you're, you're awful funny for, for a woman. Yeah. What? What cool. does that even mean? Like, I don't, I don't know. You it's think like, women don't have a sense of humor because they don't laugh at your shitty jokes? We can tell shitty jokes that you won't laugh at. Yeah. I heard a girl do, and I usually don't, I usually don't like kind of raunchy stuff, but this girl did a solid five on like the fact that her period feels more like a person now than anything else. Mm-hmm. And I was so here for it. Yeah. No, I was like this whole time I've been waiting for us to talk about period jokes because I'm sorry, somebody gets up on stage and starts talking about a period, which is something that I experience and something that I have to deal with yeah. every month. I am going to relate to that so hard. Yeah. Even if it's like, oh, wow, we have really different periods. I'm still here for it. I'm yeah. still here to support you because we all if suffer I, through that shit. If I have to hear another joke about somebody's testicle sticking to their leg, like, yeah, you're going to sit there and listen to a, to a period joke. You're going to sit there and listen to a joke about how my boots get sweaty. And it's the smelliest sweat in the whole world. It's, is, yeah, it's smellier than other sweat. That's that's a tangent we didn't need to go on. No, we didn't, <laughs> and we went there. We did because <laughs> women are funny. I don't know if that's and, the best example for women being yeah, funny, no. but um, no, it and wasn't. this isn't even the best example of women being funny. No, <laughs> oof, oof, a doofa. Um, all day. Um, but yeah, I think that with. I don't know with with all of the sketch comedy that I've been taking in and it has increased since we started being friends. Um, you know, it's, have that effect on people. it's it's always really awesome to sit and see, you know, a sketch where, hey, you can tell this was written by a person who understands women or by, you know, someone who sees that point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, it's wonderful to watch a sketch and say, Hey, there's a lot of women in this scene and they're all, they are all important. You know, they're not just background characters. They're not just, uh, girlfriends and wives. Yep. Yeah. So. Are we wrapping it up? You want to wrap it up? We can wrap it up. We We got some, we got some stuff to say though. Yeah. What do you want to say? Um, so now that I am, now that my living situation has changed, we are looking to go weekly. Um, but that change is probably not going to happen until the beginning of next year. So yeah. 2018. So that being said, we we have a lot of things we can talk about. But if you as a listener um, have something that you'd like to hear us talk about, something you want to know more about, um, we'd love to hear your ideas. Yeah. Um, that's always fun. We were talking about it earlier today. We might get oddly specific on this show, you know, talking about a specific character or, um, I know there are certain episodes of certain shows that would be really interesting to talk about, compare and contrast, even within a show, an episode that does it really well and an episode that doesn't, Mm -hmm. um, that sort of thing. So if you've got ideas like that, we'd love to hear them. It's always good to... To get feedback. I was thinking about it. I've always wanted to talk about it and I always forget to talk about it. Um, When I started listening to podcasts, I heard all the podcasters say, you know, don't forget to like, subscribe, and comment. (laughs) Yes. I was like, oh my God, I'm not ready for that level of commitment. Um, I figured out why now that we're putting out a podcast, at least on platforms like iTunes. Yeah. When you, here's a little podcasting insight for all you kids at home. When you publish a podcast on iTunes, they don't tell you how many people listen to it. No, they don't. Not even a little, like not even a hint, like not even like a scavenger hunt of if you go to the old tree at midnight, they see it in Roman numerals. <laughs> nothing, nothing at all. Literally nothing. They'll give you no information. So like big ups to the 11 of you that have rated our podcast. Double big ups for giving us five stars because that's <laughs> Thanks, super guys. awesome. Um, 
But we would love to hear your feedback in like comments, even if it's just like emojis. Like yeah, even if it's just like stop talking about poop so much. <laughs> it's just no a more poop, poop emoji. jokes. It's like a poop emoji and then a a no <laughs> emoji. There's a no emoji. Oh, right? I know. Yeah. yeah. Um. No more poop. It's just a three word comment. It would take you no time. I'll and then t- we can adjust our behavior accordingly. Yeah, but until until you do. We're going to do poop jokes. And you know what else we're going to do? Period jokes. No. Oh. Another thing. You want to the other, ask me what the other thing we're going to do is. What else are we going to do? Uh, oh, we're God. We're going to do a ray. She's going to do a ray. That is making the, the vocals spike. That was from Maddie. Miss you, kiddo. Anyway, um, like, subscribe, comment. Let us know what you think. Um, if there is a certain episode or a certain character you'd, you you want to hear about, hear what we think or, you know, what research we can dig up. Maybe there's one that really bores you and you need something to fall asleep to. Oh. We could do that, too. <gasps> I can I can use my calming voice and then we'll help you fall asleep at night. We'll talk like this for about 25 minutes. And then at the 25 minute mark, I'm going to go, hey, <laughs> Deborah! <laughs> You are, I'm a dick. You are literally the worst. Uh, yeah, I am. Like, yup. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Anyway. Um. <laughs> you can also get in touch with us on um, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr. Yeah, do you run our Tumblr or is that just... I don't run. <laughs> Look at me. Uh, um, yeah, we are on Instagram at Cool Story Needs More Girls. We are on Twitter at Cool Story Cast. Um, you can comment on the Daily Gravy page. It will get to us. We are soon going to be starting our own Facebook page. Because um, we're old yeah. enough for that. We have yeah. 13 episodes now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I believe we're actually on Pod Bay now. Yeah, we are. Which is very exciting. Um, so if you're like, gosh, I have too many podcasting apps on my phone. Um, Pod Bay is a place you can find us. Um, iTunes, Stitcher. Are we still on SoundCloud? We are still on SoundCloud. SoundCloud. Uh, Shout Engine. There's literally so many ways to listen to us. And I need to get us on Google Play, too. Yeah. That's been on my list. Um, And eventually, maybe we'll be so good, they'll put us on Spotify. Maybe. That's that's the thing. That's another podcast insight. You can't just, like, submit to Spotify. Spotify has to come to you. Yeah. So that's how you know you've made it big. Yeah. It's like being in the mob. (laughs) They throw, they throw, like, a... I don't even know. What would Spotify throw? You get like an envelope shows up, like a black envelope with a wax seal in the shape of the Spotify logo. Thank you for taking that journey with us. Um, for cool story needs more girls. That was I'm abrupt. Maggie. I'm Liz. <laughs> and uh, we're not here for your boners. Mm, gross. Gross. <laughs> <laughs>